0: Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks, Justin. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading, for subscribing, and following. It's Justin Hahnemann and the ContenderCast for shining a light on bright ideas. Today, I... I know a lot of people. I have a very big network and I'm proud of it. I, I love my, I nurture my network and I, I I love to leverage it. And I don't know that there's anyone else that has more energy than me, but on today's podcast is someone that I think might. <laughs> Adam Albrecht's on. Some of you probably know Adam. He's the founder and CEO of the Weaponry Agency. And he just wrote a really cool new book called What Does Your Fortune Cookie Say? Like, I would just say strap in. I can't even wait. Adam, it's so great to have you here. Good morning, Justin. How are you doing today? I mean, I couldn't wait. I, I, this has been on the calendar for a couple weeks. I had to pre- mentally prepare. I've had co- a couple Coke Zeros this morning.
1: <laughs> so great. You, you know I've never drank coffee. Fun fact about me, I've, I've, I've had four <laughs> cups of coffee in my entire life. It's like not something that i I find the on-ramp
0: to that one. Oh my god yeah i mean i i don't drink coffee but you know anyway you know that was Coke guy long ago and now coke zero anyway um Dude, it's so great to have you. Um, I've known Adam for a number of years. We actually worked together at one point at a marketing agency, um, which I was I was so excited that we potentially have a chance to work together. And then we both went separate directions. It was crazy. Um, And he went and started his own business and has grown an amazing, amazing agency. I can't wait to unpack that. And then we'll talk about the book. So, Adam. All right. Some people don't know you. How about share a little bit about your story uh, before launching the weaponry?
1: Yeah. Well, let me, let me go back. I always like to, to start my story in Vermont. So I I grew up in a little town in Norwich, Vermont, 3,500 people. I live five miles out of town. So I was, I was, I'm uh, as country and rural as it gets Seriously, uh, in high school. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and in high school, I, I participated in a little bit of track and field and through the discus and my junior year in high school, I was, uh, I was two feet off the state record, and I was, and I was the New England state champ, the New England champ. So I, all the six states in New England then get together, the top six uh, from each state compete for, uh, for in the New England championships. And I won that in the discus my junior year in high school. And I thought my senior year I was just cr- gonna crush. I thought I'd break the New England record. I thought it was gonna be amazing. And then my, uh, and then my, <laughs> then my senior year after the third game playing football, uh, my senior year I tore my ACL oh, hey, and my no. lateral ligament. And I had to have my knee reconstructed. and so then like oh. the the dream dreams of uh, amazingness uh, started to fade. but but then I, I sat down, you know after after realizing what had happened and that I had to re you know, refigure my plan. and I, I looked at uh, I looked at the year and I thought, wait, I think that there's still a chance that I can get back and compete in the spring. I had, I had my knee reconstructed in October track season started March 15th. And I was there, I was on the, I was out on the field. I wasn't as good as I once was, but I was there and I participated and I can, ke- and throughout the season, I kept getting a little better and a little better. And, uh, and by the very last meet my senior year, which was the new England championships again, which I qualified for I- Ended up repeating as champion of, the, of New England as the New England champ, and I broke the the state record by uh, by four or five feet, uh, and that record stood for twelve years. and I and I share that story because I I had early success in my life, you know, as a high school kid, and then I and then I got knocked on my butt, and I recognized right away that the that we have this ability to determine the outcomes of you know of our lives and and when we have setbacks you got to jump right back up and keep going and and now I share that because now you know 30 30 years later I realized that what I learned through that process has has empowered me the rest of my life and, and gave me great confidence that I could overcome any great any challenge that came my
0: way. Wow, really really so, cool. I love that. So
1: then thank you. So I went off to the unit. So from there, I went off to the University of Wisconsin in Madison and I competed in track and field. I ended up I ended up with two school records and was fourth all time at the disc there. I had the record in the hammer and the 35-pound weight. I I was a, graduated as a team captain. Uh, you know, so so like if you go back to that kid who was, you know, who was dealing with the torn ACL itself on the football field, you know, in in uh, the fall of his senior year. Things turned out pretty well, you know, because I, I determined that they were going to turn out well. Uh, I wanted to go into advertising. And if you grow up in Vermont and you want to go into advertising, you don't go back to Vermont. So uh, <laughs> I uh, started, started my career in advertising. Why, and, though? Uh, as why, white- did,
0: why did you want advertising or how did you know that was your path?
1: Yeah. Good question. So I started off in college. I took a bunch of different classes to try and figure out what I want. I thought engineering and I like, and I like the idea of of, of starting to develop uh, braces and stuff for people who had gone through injuries like I had just gone through, but I quickly realized that there wasn't a, a lot of personality <laughs> in the heart of engineering. Right. And so I took, so I took a bunch of classes to try and get a, a sense of a broad range of opportunities. And when I took a, a journalism class that was focused on advertising advertising uh, I loved it. It just totally spoke to me. And i like, this this just like I always say that when I drink sweet tea, I feel like I'm made of it. Like it just goes <laughs> in me and feels you know, feels like like it's got this great homeostasis. And I feel the same way about advertising. There's it it. just something about it that 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 just jives with the way that I think.
0: Well, okay? I love that.
1: <laughs> so so I started my career as a as a writer and then I quickly, you know, had pretty good success and quickly moved up from writer to associate creative director to uh, creative director. And uh, then I took a job and after 10 years in my first place, I took a job uh, as the as creative director at an agency that had offices in Atlanta, Columbus, Pittsburgh and Orlando. And had pretty good success there. And over the next couple of years, I got I got promoted. I think within four years, I went from creative director to executive creative director to chief creative officer. Wow! And That's really cool. And we, that agency was was engaged, and I loved it. And I met a lot of great people there, and a lot of people you know in in uh, in Atlanta. And then we were having such great success that the uh, that our that the private equity firm that owned us said, "Let's sell." So <laughs> right. I was part Always of the four person leadership team that right that's that's the sign of success right that's the past fail we'd like to sell you guys are doing well the trajectory was right so, so uh, I was part of the four-person leadership team that went and sang and danced. And we were on, I was on Wall Street every week for the first half of 2013, uh, talking to a different potential suitor, and that was my advanced degree in business as somebody who came up you know, through <laughs> right. ad- advertising. That was my you know on the job MBA, and I learned so much from that process. And one of the things that I realized was. If you really want, if you really want a profit, start your own business, right? <laughs> so, so, uh, go. so, so I uh, so through that process, you know, uh, engage was bought by Publicis, and they combined us with another agency that they own called Moxie, which has a huge presence in Atlanta. Or ha- has had. I know they've changed names a bit uh, lately, but that's where you and I, uh, you and I cross uh, cross paths. And so I was there for a couple of years, but it wasn't quite my vibe. I'd just say that it wasn't quite my vibe. And so I was trying to, you know, I was thinking about what I would be doing next. And one day the universe said, "I got an idea for you, Adam." <laughs> and I had two, I had two former clients call me the same day, uh, a couple hours apart. One was in California. One was in Ohio, and said, "Hey, I'd love to work with you again, but I don't want to work with your current agency. Right. Would you think about starting your own business?" And I said, "Yes, I would." I mean, this was this was the you know, when you get a sign like that. When you have two different clients, it's just a a great vote of confidence that you no can do this, and you don't. You, you don't need the shell around you uh, to do what you do so
0: well. No doubt. So cool. I remember. I remember when you showed me one of those those clients, and I was like, "Wow, this is really cool." Because you were kind of th- envisioning what you were going to do for them, and I'm like, "Dude, this is like this is perfect." You know, it gave you the start, right? It gave you those the initial customers to go get started.
1: Yeah. So I so I quickly talked with uh, yeah the week I got that phone call or the phone call from the from these two former clients. I quickly I quickly uh, reached out to a number of former clients. And within a week, I had five, uh, five former clients who said, if you do this, we've got work for you. So wow. I started taking wow. on weekend projects. And pretty soon, all my nights were full, and all my weekends were full, and my commute was full, and my lunch hour was full. And <laughs> I you know, I couldn't <laughs> hold on to the day job anymore, which was, which was ideal. And so for anyone who's thinking about starting a business, that's my number one recommendation is do it on the side, right? Keep your day job, let it fund your fund, the your, your venture, and fill up your day your nights and fill up your weekends fill up your lunch hour do talks on the commute and let that thing grow to the point where you can't do your day job anymore that's exactly how it worked for me and so i so i unwound things with Moxie in the spring of 2016 set up the the weaponry officially uh you know a week later two days later whatever it was and by the end of that year so started in april by the end of that year we had 10 clients and the clients were in south florida that was hurts uh the, In in Atlanta, we work with Mizuno. Uh, We had clients in Boston and in Montreal and in Milwaukee, uh, Columbus, Salt Salt Lake City, and San Francisco. Amazing. we wow. were, <laughs> we were off and running, and and uh, and we never looked back. Never looked back. I mean, I felt like it, you know. And it has just continued to grow and expand and do well. And 2020 was good for us. We we expanded by we, we grew by 25 wow. percent in 2020.
0: Amazing.
1: Uh, we have we yeah. So today we have offices in our headquarters are in Milwaukee. And we just moved into a into a brand new space, which is exciting. And uh, and we I have was an just office there a couple weeks
0: ago. Before. We should have met up. I didn't realize oh, that. I, just, I know. I was downtown no, I was anyway. Back well i'm downtown uh, well geez okay uh, i'll be back in a couple weeks so there you go <laughs> I'm, back. I'm back i'll be here all right so the weaponry advertising idea in an idea agency that believes business is war and to win the war of business you have to outthink your competition sound aggressive oh we are That's aggressive right. i love that your website um we talk- are <laughs> aggressive. you are aggressive um uh, so how did you come up with the name weaponry
1: yeah, that's a good question. So, so the, for a couple of things you should know is you know that we have a, there's a big sign behind uh, behind my last office We're behind my desk in my last office. We'll have it painted up here in a, within the next week or two. But uh, but it said the, you know the most powerful weapon. On Earth is the human mind, and so I just love that idea that that our mind is the most powerful thing that we can use, and we can use it for good, and we can use it in really powerful ways. But another another element of this, Justin, is that when throughout my career, I went from working with brand agents, you know, brand building agencies, and they merged with uh, direct agencies and digital agencies, and I, and I remember there being a lot of talk about where the future was going and what was obsolete now and so and I fully believe from the beginning that these these great proven approaches, uh, techniques and, and um resources that we use in marketing and advertising uh will never go uh, it will never be obsolete you just need to use all you need to collect all the weapons and use them at the right time in the right place for your clients and so I wanted to be able to offer a broad range of of things for clients who were looking for one place to go for all the you know for as much of their you know, as much of their needs as possible and so That's how, and that's our mindset. It's like we want you to be able to come here and get all the important, you know, the important core elements of of marketing instead of having to have three or five or ten different agencies.
0: I love that you um, took some of the lessons learned from other places you had worked and have applied them here. Um, Share maybe two or three of the things that you have done differently with your agency that maybe wasn't the case in other places you've worked.
1: Well, I'll start with uh, I'll start quickly with technology. We started in 2016 and adopted the latest, newest technology right away, and, and allowed ourselves to work remotely, and, and allowed ourselves to work with with teams that were in you know different parts of the country. Uh, and so in 2016, we immediately adopted Slack and we immediately started using Zoom and we used Asana for project management and everything was, you know, in, in, in the Google suite, we didn't have big servers, everything was done in the cloud. And so fast forward, you know, since we did that, since we found ourselves that way in a very flexible, agile, uh, non-location, you know, uh, uh, reliant way, uh, when 2020 hit, it was like <laughs> it was business as usual. There was, n- there was absolutely nothing different about it right <laughs> That's amazing so a couple other things that we do is that we're, we're very transparent about our you know about our success right I love I love to be able to share numbers and to tell our people hey here's where we're at right now uh here's where our revenue's at here's where our profit's at you know and, and give them a sense of of the game that we're trying to play you know I know that you know our, my friend uh, uh Jeff Hillmeyer plays the great game of business you know and, and we don't we don't do that but I just feel like I want to entrust you know I want to trust um uh the people that work at, at the weaponry with with the facts, the numbers, and so let them contribute in, in meaningful ways. Uh, but what I guess one of the one of the really fun things, though, that I think think is a hallmark of the weaponry, though, is that we uh, we've implemented from the beginning <laughs> of what we call the the, the no, no a hole rule. I know. Right? I mean, the no a hole rule, and it's real here. It's even on the logo. I don't. <laughs> and so if you if you look at it, yeah, so like I, I've noticed that the culture is super important to me. In fact. I don't know if you know this, but uh, Jeff Hillemeyer and I have a new book coming out uh, in in November. Uh, culture, the culture turnaround, and so in that in in that uh, I'm just such a uh, such. Um, advocate for a great organizational culture. I think it's so important to the fun, to the enjoyability, to the learning, to to the vibe that you put out to clients, which attracts more great clients. And so for me, that all starts with the great culture starts with making sure you have no a-holes within the organization because they just kill a (laughs) vibe. So from the beginning, I was like, that's rule number one. And so if you look at the weaponry's logo, if you look at the A in weaponry, there literally is no... A hole in the A, and that
0: is to symbolize that there are no here. It's filled in. It's filled (laughs) in. All right. So have have you ever accidentally brought an a hole in? I mean, then and how you know does that ever happened? Like kind of the secret a hole. Do you know what I mean? Like they kind of hide it, and then they come in, and then once they get in place, they're like become the a hole. Do you know what I mean?
1: Oh yeah. So so not at the weaponry. We haven't, we haven't had the, fortunately we haven't had at the weaponry, but I've certainly have dealt with it in the past. And, uh, and the, the way you got to handle that is you got to sniff them out quick <laughs> and, uh, form that a because they will, they will really <laughs> cr- crush your culture. And does, now the, problem, the real problem is, is that they're pretty good at hiding things during, you know, hiding their a-holeness during an, uh, during an interview. Uh, it, and because they are so typically they are really hard driving, uh, people, and often, you know, often I have clients love them because they're working really hard on their behalf and, you know, do, doing things that, that the clients really love. And so having the most dangerous thing is having an a nail in your organization that develops a great relationship with a client. And then you have real trouble right. figuring out how do you decide between, uh, between the ale and the client's <laughs> happiness. And, uh, so <laughs> that's why you got to try as hard as you can not to not to keep them out. Oh uh, my not to keep, God. Not to
0: so hilarious. Yeah. Um. Man, I, I remember when I first heard that I'm like, wait, it's even on the logo. It's so so funny. Um oh, oh, yeah, you, you guys can yeah. tell from listening. I mean, great in. Got a great culture there. Um, let's shift over to your book. What does your fortune cookie say? Eighty important life lessons the universe is trying to share with you. <laughs> almost all. I think it's all five star ratings on Amazon. Almost 100 reviews. I mean, like that's just it's almost impossible. Um, so cool. And this has only been out a couple months. So how about tell us where this book came from? And then we'll dive into a couple of the the fun um, chapters.
1: Sure. So the the thing that I did, one of the things that I did, and if and if you're thinking about starting a starting your own business, here's a here's a page to take from my playbook. When I started the weaponry, I also started a blog to share the story of what I was doing. I have read I've gotten so much inspiration and so much knowledge from other entrepreneurs and other successful people who have shared blogs and books or podcasts about what they've done and what they've learned. I thought that was my way of giving back for one to say, Hey, here's what I'm learning, you know, follow behind me. And this is, this is the successes I've had. These are the mistakes I'm making. This is the thing that these are the things I'm encountering. So I, I started a blog to, to share what I was learning about entrepreneurship about creating a startup uh, and about business. But then I also obviously cared about advertising and creativity and marketing. But then what I recognize <laughs> is that when you have a blog, you can write about anything you want because there is no editor saying you can't do this. So I started sharing other things. I started sharing uh, you know, things about positivity and about self-improvement and growth and encouragement and all that. And people loved it. And people said, I, I, you know, and and they continued to say, you should really have a podcast or you should start a vlog or, you know, you should write a book. And I was like, I don't have time for any of that, right? right. <laughs> you realize I am starting a business and I have got it. And the blog is like, it stretches me. So I never had time for that, but I heard it over and over fast forward to to uh, march of 20 uh, 2020 covid hits and a couple a couple other things to, that are important to remember about march of 2020 we had you know we had this health crisis which turned quickly into a financial crisis which uh which was horrible we had an education crisis cuz now kids are at home and not figuring right. out how to learn uh but on top of that we had racial crisis right we had you know we we had uh you know ma- major issues you know major issues at the time plus there was a really contentious presidential uh, campaign happening at the same time so the world was full of like tar i mean it was it was nasty and so but i kept i kept writing and sharing positive messages and people you know said that this is just my vibe I, I i will try and be the you know try and be the bright the bright light on a you know on a gloomy day and so, because I was right, I was still feeling very optimistic about humanity, let's say. And so I would share this, and people were sending me messages, sending me texts, sending me messages through my through my blog saying, keep sharing this. I really need this right now. So I recognized that the world needed this kind of positive message. And I recognized that because of the lockdown. I had time, and Got so it. the governor of Wisconsin said that we have, you know, that we're going to be locked at home until May, until uh, Memorial Day, which was also my birthday. <laughs> so I said, in March, okay, I'm going to have the first draft of my first book. Finished by my birthday, by the end of lockdown, and that will be the gr- a great gift, a great success of, of you know what was a very crazy, crazy time. And so, I wrote the fir- the first draft. Then I had the second draft done by the end of the year. Started shopping it to uh, to publishers, and had it, you know had it published by the by the end of the year.
0: Wow. That's awesome, right? I mean, that's just so great that it came together so quickly and you had the time to focus on it. Um, You mentioned you you do a blog and normally I wait till the end of the podcast to um, talk about this, but you also have a great newsletter. How can people subscribe to those or how can they find those and get on your, your email list? Yeah, so my my, my uh, blog uh,
1: the blog is adamalbreck.blog. <laughs> pretty pretty simple. Adamalbreck.blog. That's moronic people. Uh so, so you can find you know you can go there and sub- subscribe and we'll we'll send you uh, we'll send you every po- post when it comes out. I, I post something uh, three times a week. So it comes out Tuesday, thir- typically Tuesday, Thursday and sunday uh and if you go to the weaponry you know the weaponry.com you can scroll down to the bottom of the home page and you'll you'll find a place to subscribe to our other newsletter as well there
0: i love that yeah i just did that for some reason i haven't been getting your uh your blog but i will be now because i just went to the site um okay so <laughs> let's dive into your book so uh you, so you talked about kind of the how it all came together. Did you already have a lot of these like 80 important life lessons? Were these just kind of rattled off quickly? Or did you use your blog, you know, all the blog posts and compi- compile those to make the book? Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I used the, the, the thoughts that I had started with, uh, with the blog, right. So the blog, blog, blogging gives you a an, uh, an ability to sit down and say, I'm going to force myself to think on a topic here you know, every day. And so then I, you know, I usually, I usually, the process is usually think for, for an hour or two in the morning and then, the, then revise the next day and then publish. And so you get a little bit of time to think on these topics and the, and I got a seed started. And so when I went to write the book, I Went back to the the most successful, most enjoyable stories or elements of things that got the greatest response, and said, "Let me build on this. Let me expand this. And let me collect some of the some of these greatest stories." Now, the other important element here is that I during uh, in 2018, I, I write about this at the beginning of the book. I went to India and i and I worked with this company there that was five. It was a five thousand person company started by two brothers, and it was just an amazing business on an amazing campus. And as I toured the campus. I noticed that in every room there was a poster of that, that had the values, a philosophy, a saying of their grandfathers. Okay, the grandfather had all these great ideas, had all these great philosophies and values and guidance, and they were, you know, and, and they were you know, put on these posters in each room. And I and I kept thinking, oh my god, this is so impressive that this that this grandfather inspired his grandkids to do such impressive things, and I couldn't help but wonder what are my values sophies and, and so that, so I started thinking about collecting the best advice, the best knowledge, the best, you know, keys to success that I had collected, that I had learned and put and had the idea at that point to start to put that into some sort of shareable form. And so the, when the book, the book idea comes together it was, it
0: was kind of a combination of all that. I love it. All right. So there are 80. <laughs> and we're, we're not going to pick all 80. I was thinking, why don't we pick two or three? Um, but I, w- I was thinking instead of me just picking, maybe we go back and forth and I'll and you can tell me some of your favorites or you the ones that resonate most. And I'll pop up that. Does that sound good? I don't know. That'd be kind of fun. Um yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go. My first one I'm gonna go with is number one. Um, constantly upgrade your thinking. I and I I've read the book, of course, but talk about what this means to you and what you see others doing or not doing that you are doing.
1: All right, so it's it's. In- Seen that you know, we, often we we those of us who went to school were forced to learn you know in school we were forced to read things and study things, and then so many of us after you you know after school stop you know stop learning the, the the curriculum is done and then you feel like you're done. Uh, what I recognize is that the people who I was most impressed by, who were most we're continuously learning we're always looking for new things to read looking looking for new podcasts to listen to looking for new you know new blogs to you know blogs to read looking for new experts to get around right and when you did and when they do you continuously upgrade your thinking right it happens through the people you hang out with the things you read the uh you know the 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 things you listen to and also so i think that we have to be on a continuous journey of of personal growth and professional growth by recognizing that what we know isn't necessarily the end-all be-all it's the best we know right now and if you continue to add to your uh, body of knowledge and drink up as much as you can you will get better every day one of the things that i that i love to do is listen to uh, audiobooks and so uh, as I listen to an audiobook driving to work and then driving driving home again, I always say that I arrive at work smarter than I was when I went than I left home, and I arrive home smarter than I was when I left work. I think that that's a, a
0: major advantage. I love that. I love that. That's a great. Okay, cool. I love it. All right, you pick one. I have my next one already. Yeah. Figured
1: out. Okay. The, the one I always the one I always like to start with is is. The, the way that I start my morning, okay? So, I, I start the morning you know, on the right – to start the morning on the right foot, the first thing I do every single day, either if I wake up before the alarm, I do this, or as soon as the alarm goes off, the first thing I do is I put a big smile on my face, okay? And <laughs> but, I just hold it there for, let's say, five seconds or ten seconds, and I'm, I'm just practicing. laying in bed, and it's so dumb. I'm practicing. I'm right? practicing. <laughs> It's so right. It's so dumb and it makes you feel silly. But that's part of the magic of this, because science has proven that not only do we smile because we feel good, that we smile, that we feel good because we smile. Right. So Falsely, you know, so putting a smile on your face will make your body feel uh, the the same feels of smiling that it would feel if if you were already happy yep. and enjoying the day. So, so you I feel know, like by doing that, I start. on the that. I'm,
0: I'm okay, so I want to tell you something that you don't know, but I I read your book a couple weeks ago, and so. I took that idea and I started using it when I would get on to all these daily calls. Like some when I'm not traveling, my day is filled with like back to back to back to back to back like Zoom, Chime, you know, Bye. WebEx calls. So I, what I would do before I'd hit, you know, enter, I would smile and like just to try F- to F- uh, when they all came on camera, I'm like smiling. <laughs> I right. think it works. I do that all the
1: time. I, I started doing it. And it's I'll, so important.
0: Nobody comes with an attitude anymore. Like, you know, I was like, "Oh, he's smiling." You know what I mean? Like, <laughs>
1: that's it. That's it. That's it. Totally, agree. totally agree with that. That's uh, and, and I do, I do the same thing on phone calls, right? Yep. Because you can always hear, it. you can always hear it in their voice.
0: I love that. Okay, so the, that's like that's application right there to all of you that are listening. Okay, um, here's my next one. The person with the most keys will open the most doors.
1: Yeah, yeah. Let me talk about that. There was a great show I was watching uh called The Repair Shop. It's on Netflix. It's a British show about this repair shop in, in England that <laughs> you know, has a collection like all-star fixers. Yep. And there's one it's like an upholstery guy, one's a carpentry guy, or you know, like a furniture, uh, a furniture refinishing guy, and and like one's an electronics guy and whatever. But in this particular episode, they had this uh they had brought in this uh a piece of furniture that had a drawer that was locked and so they're like oh take it to you know take it to Frank <laughs> and and, uh, and so they take they go over to Frank and Frank at his work uh, at his uh, work at his desk there or your workshop he has this big jar full of old skeleton keys and he says you know that every time i find you know every time i'm at a, a rummage sale or an antique shop and i see one i buy one Right, like add it to my collection, sure. Because by because the more the more keys I have, the more doors I you know, the more things I can unlock. And 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 I thought, oh my god, that's what I do but I don't do it, but I don't do it with skeleton keys, right? I do it by collecting experience and ideas and tips and tricks from everyone around me, right? And and, and so by collecting more, more of these keys, keys to life, keys to success, keys to marketing, keys to advertising, keys to, to business development, right? Sure. Any of the, everything that I collect is a key that I put in my jar so that every time I encounter a problem, I have a way to unlock this, right? I have a, a way to solve that problem. And I think if we all think about, that, that that's what we're doing, going through life trying to collect keys uh, to to success, to be able to open more doors, and uh, ultimately live a more successful and happier life.
0: Oh, I love that. Okay, that's okay. Your turn.
1: All right. So. Uh, one of the you know, one of the interesting things that uh, that that we people talk about a lot, especially if you're if you're in the entrepreneurial space and to go talk about start you know startups and such, is networking. And one of the things I like, and I would say, you know, I th- no one would say that I that I have anything but a, a really great network, like you, like you, <laughs> but. One of the but, things that I really free- one of the things I really freaking hate is networking. Uh, I hate
0: the word and the idea. I hate the, I hate the, idea. Idea, of, I hate the idea of networking, right? And so yeah. I,
1: I, I, in fact, I share this, right? That the definition of networking is to interact with other people to exchange information and develop contacts, especially to further one's career. Ugh. I hate to interact <laughs> with other people. I know. I don't go to networking for, events, for the by the way,
0: Adam. But, I do not go to but, those.
1: Ugh. So what I do instead, okay. So so what I do instead that I think is super important is I befriend. What, what that means is I act as a friend to someone by offering help and support. And because I offer, uh, I be, I love to make new friends. I love to maintain, uh, my, uh, maintain my relationships. Like I have because I do that, I have a really great network. So what I, I have a network, I make friends. Right? Yeah. Don't make a network. Make friends right? And, and I think that that's what you do so well, too. I, I never, I just think you do such a great job of of uh, connecting with people and maintaining relationships and adding value. And, and you do so much that adds value to people's lives. That's really the key. And if I go back to why, why I was able to uh, start the weaponry, it's because I had developed and maintained a whole lot of really strong relationships with people who said, I'd like to be around you some more.
0: I love that. Yeah, I agree. And I, um, I'm with you. I'm Relationship builder and relationship connector. <laughs> that's <a> dog barks. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> dude, that's crazy. Um, and so I was going to make a really important point about networking, but I'm with you. I don't want to network. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. I'm, let's keep going. I, if you're okay, let's yeah. do a couple more. This is like too much fun. All right. Hang on one second. Um, do something unreasonable. This is number 57. Do something unreasonable to become unforgettable. Yeah. I like yeah, this one. Here, this kind of cool.
1: Yeah. The, the, the key here is that uh, if you start with marketing, if you start, if, you, if you're in marketing or sales, right, you know, and, and if you're in, if you're in business or certainly as a, as an entrepreneur marketing and sales and being able to, being able to be, to stand out as a, as a great option, uh, you have it, it, the, un, the, the predictable and the expected becomes invisible right? And so I've always encouraged people to do those things that are unexpected. Figure out something that you can do that is unexpected. So people go, holy smokes, I can't believe you did that. There's a great example that I, that I heard at church, you know, from a, from a pastor who told the story of, uh, of some friends who had road tripped from, I think it was Northern Pennsylvania, near Erie, Pennsylvania, down to, uh, down to Virginia, for a funeral. They drove down, took it was like a 12-hour drive. They get to this funeral, they're there for 2 hours uh, to support this friend uh and they turn around and drive back in 12 hours so that they can be at work the next morning, okay? And that and, and that show of support uh and and friendship it was so unreasonable to do, 20 let's say, 24 hours for two hours of, of support for a friend. But he said, I will never, ever forget that, right? I will I will always say in my mind that this person, that these people did something that was so unreasonable, so unlogical un- to go out of their way to show me how much they supported me. And, and you take that same type of, uh, type of deal and apply that to business and say, what can we do for our customers or our potential customers or our communities that we serve or our partners that make them say, oh my God, this person, I've I now got a story about the lengths that they went to or the extreme thing that they did uh, in in service of me, in service of my business or of our partnership. So don't be afraid to say, well, that seems crazy. Find the crazy stuff and do it and you will have friends and customers and partners <laughs> for life.
0: Totally, I love that one. Um, all right, I think we have time for one more. Why don't you pick the last one and then um, we'll wrap.
1: All right, Uh, let me let me
0: think. The uh,
1: this is when people ask about the um, the uh, the uh, ultimate success of my uh, I'm stumbling a little bit because this is a a fun one for me. I think that everyone needs to um, needs one of three things to be successful in their career. They need one of three things, right? They either need a mentor, a coach. Or a spouse, (laughs) okay, right, okay. And so when I say spouse, it could it could be it could be your life partner, right? So so I'm not not tied to the spouse. But but you need but I think everyone needs one of these three things. And I am gonna get to a deeper point here in a moment. Uh but I think you need someone beyond your boss, someone you know that was that is looking out for your long term, you're know, looking out for your you and your career over the long haul. And so you know a, a coach can do that because that is their you hire them to to be your coach and to and to work, you know, and, and to help you uh develop through your career. A mentor can do the same kind of thing because that is their role. It's not their job, but it is the role to make that they're helping you make good decisions as you know, as you go. And then there's the spouse and the spouse or or life partner also has a vested interest your long-term success that is not tied to any current you know any specific role and so i didn't i've never had a, a real uh what i consider to be a, a true mentor i've never had i've had people that did were great influences but i never had a dedicated mentor i never had a uh, a career coach but I do have a spouse, and my wife Dawn. Uh, and my wife Dawn and I met at work. We actually met on the elevator going to work. So like that was loving an elevator. Yeah. Love love an elevator. So, I do love right, that song. So, so <laughs> right. So so. The, but she. But she throughout my career has always asked me two really important questions. Okay. So the, this is the, the this is the guidance here. Um, and the que- the question always the two questions that she always asked me was, uh, Are you where you want to be? super simple question, right? Are you where you want to be in your career or in your life? Let's just take it from a career standpoint. Are you where you want to be? Okay. And what happens is you give one of two answers. The answer is either yes, I'm where I want to be. (laughs) And so great, or it's no, I'm not where I want to be. And that makes me, and so now I know like kind of the distance between where I am and where I want to be. Right. So that's a great starting point. Then the second question that she always asks, it's a two-party question is where are you going next? Are you where you want to be and where are you going next? So if you're not where you want to be, then where you want to go next is clearly to where you want to be. And if you are, but the more really powerful question is, are you where you want to be? And you say yes. And then someone says, where are you going next? It it means that you no longer have the ability to stay where you are. It says that your that your life is has a trajectory that you need to follow. That you have another place to go, and so go back to the time when I was, uh, you know, say chief creative officer for an agency, and, and said, "Are you where you want to be?" And I'd say, "Yes, I'm." This is amazing. And then someone says, "Where are you going next?" And you're like. Oh shit! Now I got to think really big, <laughs> right. and so and so. At it's that true. point when you'd say I, I've been on, I've been on my own business, right? There's the two options are: I'm going to become the CEO, or I'm going to own, or I'm going to start my own agency, or I'm looking for some other sort of happiness, and I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to go to seminary school or something like that. But, but for me having having reached the you know the top of the you know top of the industry in my space as an advertising creative to, you know to get to chief creative officer the only two roles left are our are CEO and uh and, you know and and founder and so i said i'll take them both right, and so, right. I, so i so so it was that kind of guidance that you know and that kind of inspiration that i became founder and ceo of the weaponry Oh, well, but I think that awesome. everybody I love that does that kind of evaluation. It's such a great those two questions are such great navigational tools.
0: So read the questions for us one more time. Yeah, are you where you so wanna be?
1: Are you where you, you, you wanna be and where are you going next? I love that. Couldn't be couldn't be simpler, right? But it's yeah, so but it's so then. important and yeah. You know,
0: and most people aren't thinking go. about either of those. Um Wow. Okay. So I love it, and you know this—it's it's so great having you. I knew this would be a great uh, discussion, and we keep going. You got to come back. Um, we'd love to have you back on down the road at and time. continue. And- we could pick six more. <laughs> this would be so fun, um, Adam. Before we go, share with everyone where they can find you, connect with you, buy your book, um, connect with you, get you to come speak at their events, yeah. and their- et cetera.
1: Yeah. Reach out, reach out. You can find me at Adam at the That's pretty, pretty easy. When you found the company, you can make a really simple email address too. Uh, but I'm Adam Albrecht.
0: <laughs> so true. I'm
1: Adam Albrecht on Instagram. I'm Adam Albrecht on, uh, on Twitter. I'm uh, pretty involved on, uh, on the Instagram. Uh, and Adam Albrecht, uh, Adam blog is a great place to, <laughs> to find me too. You can always go to the weaponry.com and find out a little bit more about the agency.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. And check out the great work. I was commenting earlier. So I, I'm I'm a big fan of like video work that has like emotion in it. Adam, we've talked about this a lot for many, many years. And like some of the stuff yeah. you guys have just put out, like you, it's the, it's like the, it has this type. I don't know how to describe it. I'm, and this is like, we're way off topic here. But like, I just love it. So my point is like, I see it and I'm like, oh I'm great drawn in, you know, really cool. Anyway, so great having you with us today. Um, fun to be kind of bouncing around with you creatively and look forward to having you back on down the road.
1: Thank you, Justin. You have a great rest of your day. Great have a Have a great weekend.
0: The ContenderCast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional Contender Cast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at ContenderCast.com.